Tapes from New Jersey. It's the SNL Nerds, a show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. And I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. John Trumbull, how are you, sir? Oh, you know, doing all right, living the life, chasing the dream. Ha! Beat you to it. Oh, shit, wow. You <laughs> used my own weapon against me, sir. I stole wow, your line. Ha ha. What oh, are you going to say God. now, Patterson? Ha ha. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I'm you, you've caught me unaware. Is that you caught me? You with my got, pants nothing. Down. got nothing. You got nothing. You don't got a thing. <laughs> I nothing. I don't know. I'm here. I'm naked now. I <laughs> oh my god. I'm, I'm so vulnerable. Yeah. Feel, <laughs> you got nothing. Oh man. Yeah. That'll learn you. I don't know what to say now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'll teach me to, uh, you know, just lay on my uh, on my quick little catchphrase. I love uh, this. You are you are genuinely at a loss for words now. Yeah. I've broken I'm Darren. We're we're one minute into the podcast, and I've broken Darren. Everyone, I'm flustered. Everyone, I got I got nothing to say. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> well, this is this is going to be a great episode. I can already tell. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at that incredible. That's D A R I N. Darren Patterson, great under pressure. <laughs> yes, I crack like a cheap plate. Uh, so, yeah. So, welcome. Thanks for thanks for tuning in, uh, listening, downloading, whatever you do with podcasts. I don't know. Right. It's all uh, all, all that technology is above our. Uh, I, yeah. Above our I don't heads. know. You know, thank you for letting the magic elves like recite this to you. I, I don't know how podcasts work, people. Magic. I don't think it's magic. El- I mean, you know, I'm no it could uh, scientist. Be. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> yes. To quote Thor, oh, you know, you, you people say magic and science are two different things. Well, I come from a world where they're one and the same. Exactly. Exactly. This is all I'm saying. Yes. That was a deep cut. Thanks, yes. thanks everybody. <laughs> That's a nice obscure MCU reference there. Yeah, congratulations. Mm. Well done, sir. Thank you. I'm um, proud of myself yeah. for that one. If if you're listening for the first time, this is this is the SNL nerds. We like we say at the top of the show, we're we're two nerds. We get together, we we talk about SNL and we have opinions. This week, we, as it so happens, we're talking about the most recent episode of SNL, which is uh hosted by uh, Jared Carmichael and musical guest Gunna. It's uh, uh, forty-seven, episode sixteen from April second, twenty twenty-two. Yeah, Gerard Carmichael and uh, Gunna, a man who uh, Gerard Carmichael just came out with um, an HBO special like two days ago on April Fool's mm-hmm. Day uh, called Rathaniel. Uh, and he I gave it in every sense of the word. <laughs> oh, indeed. Yeah, he he came out in in the special. I have not watched the special. Did. Yet. Have you caught that yet? I have watched it. Uh, I enjoyed it. But it's his special kind of falls on that line where people call it a comedy special, but it's not really a comedy special. Like oh. it's very, yeah, it's kind of in the vein of maybe like Nanette, Hannah he gets Gatsby. All Nanette in this up this in this joint. Yeah, a little bit. Like it's 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 um it's one of those things where I think and um you know friend of the show uh, J L Colvin sort mm-hmm. of made a tweet about it where it's um. It's more sort of poignant and raw than it is actually funny, mm-hmm. and I don't. I mean, I don't. It sounds like an insult, but it's not 
really. But yeah, it, it's yeah. one of those specials where, um, like I said, like Nanette or even like Dave Chappelle's like 849 uh, special, that little quick 20 minute thing he did, where it is more like kind of raw and him going through his emotions about coming out to his family and how, you know, he comes from the South. He's from North Carolina. His family is very religious and even family members in his, uh, you know, in his family still haven't, aren't really okay with it, including his mother. He talks about his father's infidelities. It's a lot of mm. like kind of like laying bare about a lot of stuff, but there's not a lot of jokes in it per se, but it is very raw and honest talk. So like if you watch this special looking for, if you want to watch the special looking for like, like laugh out loud jokes, you're not going to get it here. There are, there are, and like, there are even like a lot of moments, especially towards the end where he's like kind of thinking about the next thing to say as he says it. So it's a lot of quiet moments and no one's saying anything. Like he's quiet. The audience that, is that's quiet. That's what I always look for in my comedy specials. Quiet moments <laughs> where no one says anything. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I, when, when people say, I think not, well, to go back to what Call Van said about it, like, when people describe this special and they pray that they, they use words like, oh, this is powerful, this is poignant, this is raw, this is honest, they never say words like, this is funny, or any synonym you know, of the word funny. That's, that's, on the, that's like a feedback that I, I, I wouldn't get like feedback like powerful and raw and honest in, in my comedy, but a lot of people would be like, oh, yeah, you're, you, you did, you know, your stuff is very intelligent or you, you do a lot of smart comedy. I was just like... I, and it got to a point where it was like, I'd rather you just said I was funny. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, yeah, cause, it's nice that it, you think it's smart, but yeah, I'd rather just you just said, hey, that was really funny. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, because like every comedian is trying to be funny. So if yeah. you say it's everything but funny, it's kind of you know, like a smack in the face a little bit. But um, I, I mean, I did enjoy this, but I, it's not a comedy special, I think. I, th I, think nah. it's, I think it's shot really well. It's shot at the, uh, the world-famous Blue Note Jazz Club in Manhattan. And uh, it was directed by Bo Burnham. So it looks really good. Yeah, yeah, it looks really good, but it's not really a comedy special per se. It's like, you know, it, it's... I, I liked how Todd Glass uh, handled it when he came out. And he, he came out... And he was he one of those guys who I, I don't think most people guessed that Todd Glass was gay before he came out. Um, and he, he said that, you know, he would just talk about stuff with his partner. Uh, and I, I can't remember if he like switched the pronouns or whatever, but he said that, you know, no, people didn't catch on from that because he just said, you know, it really just shows that relationship stuff, it really is universal and it doesn't really matter. You know, it's just whatever is going on in your life. But I loved how he had, um, he, he didn't like the term coming out of the closet. He decided to use busting out of the shed instead. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, I can't remember which Todd Glass special that was, but uh, check it out. They're, it's a, Todd Glass specials, they're all good. He's, he's very, very funny. You know, when you said Todd Glass came out, for a minute in my mind, I was thinking about Todd Barry, and I was like, Todd Glass can't? Oh, wait, no, that's Todd, okay. Yes. Todd Barry is not gay, but he has a killer bit about um, somebody approaching him after the show and, and saying that he came off as gay on stage. Because Todd Barry's like a very quiet, very almost monotone guy. He's, he's very restrained. 
and uh, yeah, an audience member was like, "Oh, I saw you upstairs uh, on stage," and I thought, "Ooh, this guy's gay." And Todd Berry says, "Like, no, I'm not gay. What, what, what about me? Did you think was gay?" And he just says, "Like, I don't know your timing." <laughs> <laughs> and Todd Berry just goes, "I have gay timing." Uh, and it's yeah. Uh, Todd Berry, I love. He's one of my favorites. What does that even mean? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you know, I just... <sighs> it's funny like... stuff. Anyway. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, uh, so Gerard Carmichael's special with Daniel. Uh I liked it, but don't go in it looking for, like, a comedy laugh-out-loud special. It's more okay. of a... He's more of... I think he's, like, more of a humorist, if anything. Good to know. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um... So yeah, but Gerard Carmichael is a comedian. He's been around for a while. Not super well known, even though he's had like this is his third HBO special, and he's had a network sitcom on NBC. He's still not super well known. Still kind of under the radar, yeah. Yeah, which is uh, surprising. So like this, I think this is probably some of the most biggest exposure he's he's gotten. So like mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. he's definitely like I think he knew that. I think he knew. Oh, this is my chance to like sort of break out on a bigger platform and i i don't know for the for the most part i think it, i think it did all right uh we'll get into it as we talk but uh mm-hmm. yeah that's just you know my, my two cents all right all right so yeah well why don't we get into it uh let's let's go into the show uh we start out with the fox and friends cold open uh this was kind of a revival of a, a thing that snl used to do on a regular basis is parroting fox and friends uh but this time around we have Alex Moffat as Steve Ducey, uh, Heidi Gardner as Ainsley Earnhardt, and uh, Mikey Day as Brian Kilmeade. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for SNL and knowing what they parody on Fox, I wouldn't know half the names of Fox News hosts. You're, you're better off not knowing. Yeah, no. I mean, the the as little as I have a Fox News host in my life, the happier I am as a person. Yes. That's that's the that's the key to happiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right there. So um, yeah, so it's them talking about, uh, of course, Trump's app, Truth Social. How you download the app, your phone gets extremely hot to like 105 degrees. I think uh, Brian Kilmeade said, "Oh yeah, it burned my son." Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's a so so joke, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Then they bring in um, Keenan as Clarence Thomas and. Kate McKinnon as his wife Ginny, and of course uh, Jenny Thomas, who is a uh, you know super conservative, who got into a bit of hot water this past week with um, tweeting or, or texting people about or texting uh, Clarence about t- trying to overturn the election for Trump. I believe. Well, it it came out that she was texting a lot of people on January sixth uh, during. Uh, let me. We had. Uh, let me look it up. And uh, and we had an attempted coup, an insurrection on January. What? I I was not aware of this either. Hasn't gotten a lot of coverage in the press. Huh. Um, All right. And yeah, and yeah. So she was she was uh, texting. I think it was uh, the chief of staff in the Trump administration, if I remember correctly. Um, and Ugh. yeah, Clarence Thomas uh, not recusing himself from cases that address this when his wife was apparently intimately involved with this and <laughs> encouraging this to happen. See, and, yeah, I mean, you'd think that would land you in, in hot water, and you'd think that would immediately 
cause you to like lose your job or something, right? I mean, in a world with uh, consequences, yes. Hmm. Um, but we don't live in that world, Darren. <laughs> it sounds it sounds nice, though. It sounds like a nice place to be. Yeah. Um, so they had they had Kate is you know just sort of hanging all over Clarence Thomas. Keenan is Clarence Thomas giving like these very evasive answers, and it was a weird week too because Clarence Thomas like went into the hospital. People think it was maybe because he had COVID, but I don't think that's even been confirmed. And then the story broke a day or two later. So then everybody's saying like, well, did he go in the hospital because he's trying to avoid questions about this? I I don't know. It's such a weird story. It really is. You think Clarence Thomas had Will Smith slap Chris Rock so the heat would be off of him? How grateful are they that that story broke (laughs) when it did? I mean, oh my God. That was perfect timing for Clarence Thomas. Did I just crack the conspiracy here? Did this thing go all the way to the top? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I did like the line uh, that they gave to uh, Jenny Thomas. Uh, I take my duty as the Yoko Ono of the Supreme Court very seriously. I thought that was a funny line. Yeah, that was okay. Uh, but yeah, but overall, I thought this was so-so, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Keenan and Kate playing uh, the Thomases. I was like, all right, this is okay. Uh, then we go uh, into uh, Janine Pyro, or mm-hmm. Piro, played by the great Cecily Strong, and um, she does her. Um, she has a segment called "The Five. And yeah, of course, I mean, she actually got an applause break when they announced her, and we see her as Janine Pyro. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. But I mean, you, you see the goodwill that she has as this character now. Yeah, which is interesting because I mean, we'll get into it later, but like. She gets an applause break, but just moments later, uh, another cast member does his uh, character that he's repeated. He doesn't get that. So I was like, oh, are people kind of tired of this already? That's in- but I'm talking about, you know, James Austin Johnson as uh, Trump. Mm-hmm. Like when, when he came up, it seems like people were like, oh, Trump again. I was like, oh, the people getting tired of this already? Well, yes. I mean, I, I said this on the show like a few weeks ago. I'm, I'm so exhausted with you know, the former guy in general that I have a tough time even with impressions of him, even even when it's a good impression like James Austin Johnson's is. Yeah. I'm so sick of him. I'm sick of giving him any sort of oxygen. Um, no, no, absolutely. Both, both in the figurative sense and, and in the literal sense. Uh, <laughs> hey <laughs> You hear that CIA if you're listening? It's 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 just a lot. Um, but before we move on to Trump, I just want to say I really enjoyed uh, seeing Janine Pirro shotgunning a beer. I thought that was funny. That was funny. Yeah, because, like, I mean, she would go on about a woke Disney and, you know, mm-hmm. the rant she goes on about, you know, uh, the representative Cawthorn and the orgy he was involved in. And uh, but, yeah, it all like uh, hit at the end with her sh- like l- legit shotgunning a beer and just beer spraying all over the joint. I was like, that's a, it's a good way to end it. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then of course, yeah, we went on to James Austin Johnson as Trump, uh, he's talking about the slap. Uh, he kept calling Will Smith hitch, uh, which was kind of cute. Uh, he denies any involvement in the coup and using a burner phone and a hit on the seven hour gap that happened on January 6th. You know, all the big Trump stories, happening this week um yeah <laughs> yeah that was it yeah like it basically it's uh james Wallace and johnson who that word salad thing he does with uh yeah. 
as Trump's like, oh, yeah, I don't use burners. I never use burners, except for the time I used the burner in that seven hour gap. It's like so yeah. he's like saying he doesn't do something and then he immediately incriminates himself like moments later. Yeah, that, that, I mean, you know. it's. I mean, at this point, it's like I think we've had probably every possible comedic take on Trump. And it's like, well, what, you know, what else is there to say at this point? Yeah, I think that's it. like. Although I will admit, James James Austin Johnson's Trump impression is incredible. It's really good. But the it's thing great. is, I, w- I wish we'd had it for most of the Trump administration. But you know, the fact that we're having it after the Trump administration, it's it, yeah, it lessens the impression. It's a great impression, but it would have been yeah. much better four years ago. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. We're at the point where it is good. It's right impression, wrong time. I'll say that. Yeah. Like if this, yeah. if we had this Sadly. earlier, it would have been, it would have made a bigger impact. But we got it now when we're all kind of tired of it. So it's like, yeah. uh, you just missed the window, bud. Sorry. Yeah, I honestly, I like what Stephen Colbert is doing on his show, where he refuses to even say the guy's name anymore, which I think is good. I mean, he'll still do jokes about him, but he will not say his name. Uh, I, that's a good way to live. I think I think that's a good way to go about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I will say. Uh, in this opening, I missed the gag that they used to do with the older Fox and Friends parodies where they run the rapid uh, correction scroll where you had to like pause your, your DVR or watch it on YouTube later to like and pause it at the right time to read all the gags. And they had some really clever gags in there. Um, yeah, I thought, no, I thought absolutely. that was such a great standard bit of the Fox and Friends parody. I wish they'd hung on to that aspect. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I got a kick out of that as well. Um, but yeah, and the way that it ends just kind of kind of peters out. Basically, uh, them saying, "Oh, uh, about the Truth Social app, it's the only app with a smell." I was like, "Yeah." All right. uh, but yeah, overall, I thought this cold open was so-so. Uh, yeah. Nothing too, nothing too out of the ordinary. Just kind of standard SNL fare as far as cold yeah. openings go. Yeah, uh, I mean, again, I feel like it would have been stronger if they just concentrate on one story or one guest like concentrate on the clarence thomas thing concentrate on the trump thing if you have to concentrate right. on the janine Pirro thing like just having all of them all together it's it's just too much yeah it's at, at this point it's kind of i don't know you can kind of tell what's going to happen it's kind of paint by numbers like even when yeah. they started saying oh we have a special caller calling in I was like, yeah. it's trump it's trump isn't it it's, yeah i, I mean the, the cold opens have gotten so formulaic they're just not terribly fun anymore i i want to see them shake it up and i want to see more variety in the cold opens that's here, here. My, i hope they do for next season i i i mean ideally i'd love to see them fix it this season but i don't think that's <laughs> going to happen at this point yeah i think we're it's just going to be the way it is until the new the next season i think they're just yeah. gonna kind of limp to the finish line of this season and then like once october rolls around hopefully we get a whole new uh a whole new uh, setup for everything. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, right right now we got like five episodes left in the season. It is what it is. Yep. Um, but anyway, moving on, uh, we had the uh, Gerard uh, Carmichael monologue. By the way, I am going to mangle his name, his first name, at some point during the show. I am absolutely yeah. certain. That's Gerard. Like uh... It's Gerard, but it's just too close to Gerald or, or Jared. And I know I'm going to accidentally say <laughs> One of those at least once. <laughs> so, uh, I've got, right. Guys, I'm going to call right now. At one point, 
uh, John will call him Jerome at some point during this episode. <laughs> but in my defense, I am super racist. <laughs> oh, God. Whoa. <laughs> ah. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know this, Daryl, right? <laughs> oh, don't put me in this position, please. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's got it's John so hot. listening and it's like you finally have the opportunity do it do it finish him uh, strike him down uh, by the way I loved when uh, Gerard uh, came out and super smooth handoff for the hand mic because you know right. stand up comedian hosting SNL they gotta do the monologue with a hand mic it's the rule <laughs> yeah not even a cordless mic a mic with a cord yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's what stand-up comics know. It's what they're used to. They don't. They would not know what to do with their hands if they did not have a mic. Uh, came out, you know, in a very nice uh, white suit with a with a little gold medallion. Looked like he was going to star in a Bee Gees biopic. Yeah, it's very uh, like Eddie Murphy, circa nineteen eighties. Like all white suit, no shirt, just just glistening. Like, if he went into a rendition of How Deep Is Your Love, I would not have been surprised. Mm. Oh. How deep is your love? How deep oh. is your love? How deep, deep is your love? All right. Um, Fantastic. I liked, I liked how he came out. And he was just like, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm, I'm burned out on it. Uh, and, and I liked his take where he's like, it's been six days. Doesn't it feel like it happened years ago? It feels like it happened somewhere between Jamiroquai and 9-11. That's a, that's a great line. <laughs> that's a fantastic line. I really dug it. Yeah. And like the one thing I also noticed about this monologue, I actually enjoyed this monologue quite a bit. Me too. Um, yeah, this, one thing I really like, he said, I'm not going to talk about it. We've, you can't make me talk about it. He never says what it is throughout right. the entire... Throughout the entire monologue, he never says Will Smith, Chris Rock, slap. He just says it. And that's that. just to show you how much we've been inundated with it, mm-hmm. he just has to say it, and you know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, because that's been the omnipresent story this week. And he just talked about how, like, you know, Monday he was having all this fun with it. Tuesday, he got a little tired of it. Wednesday, I wanted to kill myself. Thursday, I don't remember Thursday. <laughs> I mean, it's just wonderful. I'm sure he tested this out at, at some clubs this week, but uh, just just wonderful. I mean, yeah, great stuff. It was a good take on it. Um, I liked how he was a little self deprecating. He said, "Like I, I have to be the least famous host in SNL history," <laughs> and he got an applause break for that. That was great. Yeah, yeah, and he was like, "I don't know why you're applauding. I'm, that doesn't do well for my uh, my ego." <laughs> I don't know what you thought that was doing for me, but it didn't do anything for me. Uh, people applauding like yeah we have no idea who you are you're right yeah um i i think that was just like the audience being like yeah we, you know we like you anyway um <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and then he had a little uh, direct address to uh, barack obama at the end right about how you know barack you know everything's with everything going on in the world right now and like barack is just kind of chilling writing books mm-hmm. and he just says uh, barack we need you now we need you to talk about it let this needs uh, uh, we need you the nation needs to heal and um yeah i thought this was a pretty strong monologue i part of yeah. me was like oh this is this is funny this some of this should have been in the hbo special you did but you know hey man whatever well i mean 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. since he spent most of the monologue talking about the slap, he couldn't put it on the HBO special, I'm sure. Right. No, I meant like like the jokes. And like it was like funny. It's like, oh, the funny that you had in this monologue should have been in the special. Like yeah, but like I do feel like it is generally a good thing to put good jokes in a comedy special. Uh I'm gonna Con- I'm gonna take a bold stance and, and say that. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Um but it really strong monologue. Whenever they have a stand up host, I know we're in good hands for the monologue. And at the very least we're gonna get Six to ten minutes of really strong stand-up. Right. No, this is this was a great monologue. I really dug it. Um, yeah. As far as the rest of the shows, well, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about it. There, there was some decent stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. For instance, I think the first sketch, uh, the post-COVID game show, is my brain okay? I thought that was kind of funny. I'm just gonna. I'm just. I'm not gonna bury the lead. I'm just gonna say it right up front. I thought this was all right. Not wonderful, uh, but all right. Yeah, yeah. So this one, uh, post-COVID game show, written by Allison Gates and Colin Jost. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's basically uh, Kate McKinnon hosting a game show with uh, Sarah Sherman, Gerard Carmichael, and Bowen Yang as the contestant, asking, is your is our, is your brain okay? Because, yeah. you know, like with everything that's happened with COVID and us uh, being indoors all the time and, yeah. and, all, and all these things, we've definitely gotten dumber as a people. Yes, Which, I mean, I mean, you'll agree you, sound. Yes, I no lie, zero lies detected. This this is where I'm living now. Um, my brain has been broken for quite some time. I don't think it's coming back at this point. Nope. Uh, I, I like how Kate McKinnon's as the host. She was just Lisa something. I enjoyed. That. <laughs> is that? Oh, I was wondering what that name was. Oh, okay, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. They were just like it's Lisa something. Uh, and, uh, you know, Gerard's character, he was like a marketing consultant for, I think IBM or something like that. And, and Kate says, and what do you do now? And he just says mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, when we find out how broken their brains are, uh, they, they show a picture of a wheelbarrow. Nobody can name what it is. It's a farm uh, bicycle, John. <laughs> they're, they're, they're stumped on the question, what day of the week it is. Uh, they're having trouble answering simple, simple questions. Yeah, like uh, at one point they don't, like you said, they don't know what day it is. They actually say, one, and uh, Bowen says, oh, what is Thursday? And she's like, oh, you don't have to say in the form of a question. And he's like, no, I'm genuinely asking, what is Thursday? Yeah, they, and they bring Chris Red out as an old friend of Gerard's, and <laughs> he Gerard tries to recall his name, and he can't, and then it turns out, his name is Derek, the same as Gerard's character. So, <laughs> D1, D2, that was our whole thing, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this was cute. I I enjoyed this. I can see why it was leading off the night. Yeah, I mean, it kind of gave me vibes of um, a lot of things that's, like, led by Kate. Like, um, uh, there was that, the cold open, like, uh, does this does this work now? Where like or um her doctor we know this where basically we get to see Kate's uh, mental state during this pandemic is maybe not the best so yeah, let's just, yeah. let's make a Kate, sketch around that Kate has done a lot of sketches about how much COVID and lockdown and isolation and all that has affected her and yeah I I kind of worry for Kate at this point you know? yeah like yeah Kate are you okay like if you <laughs> 
Yeah. Reach out to us at the SNL Nerds. If you need to talk, yeah. we're here. We're we're here for you, Kate. <laughs> right. We have a support system. Exactly. I, 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 I just realized we didn't see 80 at all this week, did we? No, no 80. Uh, I don't think we saw... We definitely didn't see Punky. No yeah. Aristotle. No... Well, the, you know, those are kind of givens at this point. But it's yeah. unusual that we don't see 80. It sadly is not unusual that we don't see Punky or Aristotle on the show. Right. Although I... Only showed I mean, up in the pre-tape. Yeah, although I did hear that there he there was an Angelo sketch that got cut for time. Yeah, that was that they did address that really did well, and they just cut it, which is a bummer because, I mean, there, there's one sketch in here where I was like, they definitely should have cut this and put in that Angelo sketch. But we'll yeah. we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. That's something to look forward to. Yeah, um, I, but yeah, I, I, I thought this was pretty good. I think this was one of the better sketches of the night. Yeah, I thought this was, I thought the sketch was pretty okay. Uh, I did enjoy where uh, at the end where they asked the, the question to everybody to write down uh, their answer on their pads, like Jeopardy style. Mm-hmm. Kate saying, "If you had to write, if you know, if you had to start a conversation with someone, how would you do that?" And everybody was writing on their pads, and then we see uh, Sarah Sherman licking her answer on her pad. Yep. Like part of me thinks that was that was her choice. That was like no, I got to. I got a very this. Sarah Sherman slash Sarah Squirm thing to do. Yes, right. And of course, she her answer was "Let me be inside you now." Yeah, that and, uh, very much reminded me of a state line. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a thing that um, that uh, uh, Showalter, Wayne, and and Michael Ian Black would do during like Stella shows, where they encourage people in the live audience to like turn to the person to the left and just say. I want you inside me. Uh, oh wow! So, did that wait? So were you at those shows? Did you do that? I was at a few of those. Yes. Oh yes. yeah. Did you hook up? It's some? a good icebreaker. Yeah. Oh, something's breaking that night. Hey oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> All anyway. I want to do is zoom and zoom zoom. Uh, anyway, next we had a pre-tape uh, short ass movies. This was written by Dan Bula and Pete Davidson, and just. Pete Davidson doing a doing a rap song about how he's looking for stuff to watch, but he just wants short ass movies. Movies are too long nowadays. Oh, Pete Davidson doing a rap video? That's that's pretty. I know uh, we're we're in uncharted wow. territory here. Uh, oh. <laughs> All right. Talking about how he wants a movie under one forty, uh, which which I get. I get a lot of times. A lot of times late at night on Netflix, I'm just looking for something that I've seen before that I can fall asleep to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought this sketch was more relatable than it was funny. Just because mm-hmm. it's it's literally him list with... Uh, also, Gunna is in this, uh, is in this uh, pre-tape and Chris Redd. Mm-hmm. And it's literally them just listing movies that are under two hours. Yeah, and, I was and, like, and Simon Rex. Oh, yeah, Simon Rex is in this. Yeah. Uh, you know, MTV uh, The Grind, Simon Rex is just in this as well. And then it's him listing off Ernest movies. And then they list off other movies like, you know, Encino Man, Liar Liar, Austin Powers, Eraserhead. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, all right, this is all right. But I mean, what's what else? Are we just listing off movies now? Or this I, li- I like the tangent about how Sex in the City 2 is longer than Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park had to like explain dinosaurs and how they're cloning dinosaurs and all that and sex in the city too is about four characters we already know uh i i thought that was cute 
I think honestly, this this was okay, but it was repetitive, and ironically, yeah. it was much longer than it needed to be. Yeah, that's the thing. It really didn't escalate or go anywhere. It's like yeah, that that part you said where he compares Sex in the City two to Jurassic Park was interesting. But yeah, ultimately, it's just Pete talking about short movies, and yeah, that's really it. And like, yeah. I was like, all right, that's. And they all, of course, they mentioned how the King of Staten Island was two hours and seventeen minutes. So I was like, all right, yeah. that's a. And nice he's like, no, meta. but we needed all that time. And that, that was a nice little meta joke. But I was like, all right, you're, it's literally just Pete listing short movies. It's, like, yeah. is Pete Davidson so fascinating that people are just willing to watch him do anything? At this point, uh, yes, I, th- I think the last <laughs> year or so in particular has answered that question strongly in the affirmative. We will watch Pete Davidson do anything. He's done Chad a half dozen times. We will watch Pete Davidson do anything. Anything. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> yeah. <Or>. Anything. <laughs> like that Gary Oldman. Uh, <laughs> meme now. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> so yeah, so, I, I think I think they just wanted something with Pete Davidson in the show this weekend. By God, they got it. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So it's. I mean, for me, this pre-tape was like whatever. But Pete's in it, so I guess well, Pete's it's good. in it, and he's rapping, and you know, and yeah, Chris how often can do, and yeah. Yeah, it it was yeah, it's pretty forgettable. I thought. Yeah, I mean, not great. Not not Pete at his best, I would say. Uh-oh. Um, next we have a sketch called Shop TV with uh, Gerard appearing as a guest on a show on like a home shopping network thing, and he's got a doll uh, called Riley Rainbow Locks. And it's got a it it's got rainbow hair and it's also got a rainbow bush. See how I summarize that in ten seconds? On the sketch, it takes over two minutes. <laughs> yeah, I will say the build up to it is a little little on the slow side, like this especially took forever to get to the point. Forever. I mean, my God. Right. It did. Like it, it was one of those things where. That it's, it's basically like Cecily and Mikey, and they're introducing themselves. And then yeah. there's that whole thing with the uh, the squeal deal where we they have to that. have like We that. didn't need that at all. No, not at all. That was totally yeah. unnecessary. And like then it, it talks, they talk to um, Gerard's character, whose last name is Lickett, and then they, they go into that for some reason a little bit. And then yeah. they keep talking about the doll, how the hair grows. After and, children and cut like, it. Getting the sketch, I'm like, okay, are they doing like a riff on those shows? Like, there, there seem to be a lot of reality shows where it's like the, the southern wife and the southern husband who's either like really southern or really gay or both. And you yeah, never yeah. acknowledge how horribly, not horribly effeminate, but how very, very effeminate the husband is. And it's somehow never acknowledged on the shows. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it just kind of. Yeah, I, I, it was a slow build-up to get to the visual of... Calling it the, a build-up uh, is generous. <laughs> okay. Because <All right. laughs> a build-up implies progression of some kind. Okay. It was a slow build-across? <laughs> sure. Yeah, let's say that. A slow plateau? I don't know. I, I liked... I, I mean, I liked the visual of the big, you know, 70s rainbow bush. I liked the term uh, the Jaffro. I thought that was very clever. 
Um, I liked his his trying to cover it. He was like, oh, well, you know, if you were a doll maker, you would know that this is just anchoring the... And, and everyone's like, we're not doll makers. How do you think we would know that? Um, I thought that was good stuff. Just took way too long to get to. Yeah, and it started to pick up a little bit when they start taking calls from people. Like, we hear Ego's voice about, uh, like, how she wants to buy the doll, but then she sees the Vajafro and gets offended and doesn't want it. And then we get another call from a uh, correctional facility from the, the Palmdale pervert. And I was like, all right, that's something. Um, I thought this was okay, the sketch, but yeah, like yeah. It, I think the, the slow buildup hurt it a little bit, like especially that I part where the slow buildup hurt it a lot. Uh, yeah, or the slow build across or whatever I'm calling it. Yeah, like that I, one. I mean, yeah, I would have like, liked it so much more if it would if it had just been half the length. You know, yeah. it's been like four minutes instead of six minutes, which is yeah. not half the length, so I take that back. Yeah, like that whole part where they had uh, Alex Moffat showing um, a lunchbox of uh, Jesus Christ with a uh, with a VR Oculus. I was like, I don't, I don't think we needed. I that. I don't even remember that. I've watched this. <laughs> what you've just described is not ringing a bell for me at all. I, my mind must have wandered. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it, it needed to be shortened up a bit, or maybe they. Yeah. Maybe they drew out the beginning because they didn't know how to ed- end it or the middle part, so they just kind of padded the beginning, but it just... I don't it know. Brings the- they have this weird impulse where it's like, we have to develop every single character in the sketch and every character has to get a laugh line. It's like, no, some people could, some people can just be the straight man in a sketch, you know? Yeah, exactly. We, uh, we don't need everybody to have a bit. Less is more. Yeah, and I realize you want to serve the cast and give give them all a good laugh, but a lot of times that doesn't serve the sketch, and you really should be trying to serve the sketch. Absolutely, and uh, this yeah, and this sketch was written by uh, Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel with an assist from Rosebud Baker, new writer. Yeah, I mean, I I usually love the stuff that Mikey and Streeter do. I just don't think this was quite up to their usual standard, except for the Jaffra, of course. Yes, of course. That's that's always. Uh... That always, you know, and you. and I love the visual of them, you know, changing her the doll and putting her into a bathing suit, and you're seeing the, the the rainbow bush peeking out on either side. I mean, that's funny. I I just wish they got to it faster. Right, and the part where Mikey was trying to like, you know, class it up, I was like trying to poke the uh, the Jaffro hairs back into the bathing suit. Yeah, and that's great. Different. That's gold. I mean, yeah, and Mikey's like, well, no, it's okay. It's, uh, she said she's in college, so it's all right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Right, so like I mean, it's some funny stuff in there, but right, it's all it's okay, but yeah, it could have could have tightened that up a bit. No yep. pun int- no pun intended. Yep. <laughs> oh boy. Oh they boy. Trim back this sketch. There it is. Hey oh. <laughs> you know, wow. get those get those comedy clippers going. Wow. I set them up. You knock them down. We're like the Maverick comedy nair in there, and. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> We're like the Maverick and yeah, we're like the Maverick and Goose of podcast. You set them Just up by nothing. Just removing the excess. That's what yes. they needed to do. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You got to keep it well maintained. Um, all right. well trimmed. All, all right, all right. Moving I am on. I'm just going to beat this metaphor into the ground. <laughs> all right. Speaking of beating, uh, yes. fillers. There's a transition for you. Seed fillers. Seed fillers. Uh, this, of course about the big story of the week at the Oscars with uh, 
certain thing happened with uh, Chris Rock and Will Smith. Yeah, so we just had the cold open where Gerard said he didn't want to talk about it, and now we yeah. have a sketch talking about it. Well, starring Gerard. Starring <laughs> yeah. Gerard, yeah. Although I did hear that this was supposed to be the cold open, possibly, and uh-huh. like the Fox and Friends was going to be in the show, but then they just then they decided to switch it up at the last mm-hmm. minute or something. I, I that that might. It would have been a refreshing change for the cold open because usually they go political with the cold open. That's, that's part of the formula. It would have been nice to see a cold open about the big story of the week that had nothing to do with politics. Right. Yeah. That that would have been a better uh, thing to have. And like I think, I, I mean, it would explain why the way it ended was super short and super abrupt. Maybe it, it did end uh, kind of abruptly. I liked the take on it though. I thought. It was it was kind of a clever take. They had Gerard coming in as a seat filler at the Oscars, and he's sitting right behind Will Smith, and Will Smith is very nice and friendly, and he and he's about to take a selfie, and then he's like, "Oh wait, excuse me, let me just get up," and then he gets up to slap Chris Rock, and then he comes back and he's super friendly again. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't bad. It was. It was. Uh, I mean, Chris Red actually has a, a fairly decent uh, Will Smith impression. And, you, you know, know, I thought Chris Red was was good in this sketch. A part of me couldn't help but wish that that uh, Jay Farrow was still on the show because Jay Farrow has a killer Will Smith impression. Oh, great! I don't know if maybe they didn't call him or what, but yeah, they really. Yeah. If, if we had seen if we had seen Jamie uh, Jay Farrow as Will Smith, that would have really put it over because he had the, he had a great Will Smith and a great Chris Rock impression, if I'm not mistaken, and a great Denzel. I, I watched a clip of. Um, Jay Farrow uh, appearing on a new show this week, and he said he has something like 200 impressions in his repertoire now, which is that's incredible. And yeah, he ran through his uh, his uh, Will Smith and his Denzel, and yeah, yeah, he's 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 good, he's good. He's good. Um, yeah, so I mean, basically, never utilized uh, Jay Farrow as well as they should have. I mean, he's yeah. so strong. He, he's somebody who should have been like a home run as cast member. And he had a he had a decent run on the show, but I feel like we could have gotten more with him. Yeah, no, I feel the same way about like you know Melissa. It's it's a thing where sometimes when you have somebody who can do really good impressions, for some reason the show doesn't utilize them like Melissa, and it's uh, yeah, that's yeah. a bummer. I don't know it, why. It's strange because it's like you see somebody who's who's that great at impressions, and you think, oh well, yeah, that's a home run, and then yeah, and the show. SNL seems to have trouble utilizing the impressionists these days, which is a weird thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Daryl, I mean, Daryl Hammond. He's probably he might be like the last time they really used a impression impressionist mm-hmm. uh, well. But yeah. ever since then, it's been kind of I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't and know I don't know what the the problem is because you know you're always going to have a need for that. Um, yeah, but I, I do think Chris Red did a good job with it. He did a nice job shifting his moods. Um, whoever was doing the bleeping, because, you know, he, Chris Red, of course, did the keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth thing. Uh, whoever was on the, the, the button for that was timing it beautifully, and that had to be very difficult to do live. I don't know if they had to get them a delay or what. Yeah, that, that was pretty tricky. But yeah, like, and I, and also Chris Red had to make sure he didn't mouth the word, the F word. He had to, like, kind of, like uh, garble yeah. it up a bit, right? Yeah, I guess so. I guess yeah, I guess that would be objectionable too. 
Um, <laughs> right. I, I liked how, uh, you know, like he, he goes, keep my wife's name out of your FML. And he, and then he instantly comes back. And he's like, all right. So uh, we're going to, we still going to do the selfie. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and Gerard just goes, uh, no, I deleted my phone. Yeah. <laughs> And then they have Kyle come in as another sheet filler who just kind of got caught up on what just happened. Yeah. And, of course, he, he is frightened like Gerard is. And, yeah. of course, Will Smith is, like, playing it off like nothing happened. It's like, hey, what's your name, man? And uh, Kyle's like, oh, I, I, I don't uh, – they didn't give me one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you don't have a name? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I thought this was pretty good. I thought it was a decent take on it. It's, I mean, SNL was kind of in a bad position because this – this thing happened on Sunday, last Sunday at the Oscars. And so SNL can't even begin to address it until six days later. And by that point, we've had almost every possible community take on it. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, you know, much like what Gerard said, like about the time, like I didn't even know if we wanted to talk about it on this podcast, just because, but it's like this happened like literally hours after we recorded the last episode. Yeah. And yeah. like between then and now, I have heard every take on it. I've heard I've seen every meme, I've seen every think piece. I've I've seen yeah. people I've seen every viewpoint where people blame Chris, people blame Will, people blame people blame Jada, people blame the academy, people blame the people yeah. in the I've I've seen every take on it and at this point I'm I'm really kind of like you know, exhausted from it. Like I'm, I'm. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. want to. I didn't even want to talk by, about it. By the end of Monday, I was like, I am sick of every single take on this, including my own. <laughs> um, I mean, my the big question I had was like, did Chris Rock have any idea about uh, Jada Pinkett Smith having alopecia? Because I had no idea until the uh. story broke. Yeah, um, like I think that's something. I, I think I think that's an important question to ask that wasn't getting enough attention because I think that changes things quite a bit. Is you know, like what was his intention? You know, was yeah. he just making fun of the fact that she didn't have hair? And did in his mind was it that all that it was, or did he know that she had that uh, condition? Uh, I don't know. So I heard he didn't know, but then I heard he did know. Then yeah. I heard that he. Like he knew, and I heard the joke he told wasn't approved, but he just wanted to do it anyway. I, I did. I did hear that the joke was not in the script, so it was, I think, something that Chris Rock was doing off the cuff. I just think logically, he had to not know. I, I think he couldn't have known because it's like, well, what you know, what's the advantage of making that joke? You know? Yeah, like I, I mean, it's it's, a, it's referencing a movie from the late '90s. Like, it's not even topical. It's just like, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's it's a real strong joke. No, not at all. Under, under either circumstance, and yeah, it's. But then I also I've seen people say, well, he has a history of doing this to Jada. Like he made jokes at her expense in 2016. I've, I've heard people say he's had a history of being misogynistic against women, especially black women. And it's like, I, I don't know. I, well, this is, yeah. this, this is all too I, much. I don't know. I, my perception of Chris Rock is, is that he generally isn't a guy who punches down a lot. Um, so yeah. And I, and I saw a lot of comedians who, know Chris Rock personally, like tweet out support and saying like, yeah, no, he would not do something like that. So right. and I tend to believe them. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. But, but yeah, I mean, either way, my my quick impression, just 
don't don't slap people. You shouldn't be sla- slapping people on stage. That's, that's a bold take, my friend. Look, I'm I'm gonna ruffle a few feathers. I might get can't. I, I don't care who I offend, but yeah. I'm gonna go on the on the offensive saying, don't slap people. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. I mean, it was it was just so odd because it was just so out of nowhere. Like Will Smith just went nuclear so fast. He really um, did. Like, I mean, I, I saw it on the day. Like, I was yeah, like, too. I, I watch, like watching Oscars and uh, big events like this. And like when he mm-hmm. did, it, I thought it was staged. And then, like afterwards, when they were like bleeping out everything that he was yeah. saying afterwards, and then like the look on Chris Rock's face too, he looked very like like unnerved and like, yeah. like, like shaken. So I was like, Oh shit, is this real? I mean, there, there are still people who are saying it's staged and I'm like, if it was staged, if it was a bit, it would have had a funnier ending. They would right. have had a closer. We, we have, we have slap deniers out there, Jen. We have slap deniers. We have, yes, we have slap truthers out there. <laughs> like if, if, even if it was fake, why, what, what, who, who benefits from that? Like, exactly. Exactly. Like what's, what's the end game? There. Who benefits? And, like, yeah, like what's yeah. the end game here? Yeah, <laughs> who profits? And, yeah, if if it had been a bit, a they wouldn't have dumped out because it would have been planned, and b we would have had a closer for it, and we didn't have either of those things. We just had silence and awkwardness. So it was real. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Uh, this whole thing's a big old uh, a big old mishagosh. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I think I think we solved it. I think, I think we did. Yep. I think we did. You're welcome, America. And let's never You're talk welcome. of let's never talk of it again until uh weekend update uh you know <laughs> until weekend update does ten minutes of jokes on it. Yeah, that oh yeah. Well, yeah. we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh but first we have our musical guest for the week. Uh, we have Gunna, who of course did uh two numbers, uh Banking on Me and then uh Push and P, which was uh featured future. Uh, yeah, I have a lot to say about this. Uh, this is my I, first exposure to Gunna. I, it was fine, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> eh, it was alright. I'm not, you know. I, you know, I, you mean, I love my hip hop. I love my, but like, I, I I'm you at that age. Rap. I enjoy the rappings, but like, yeah, I'm you, one you of those like guys. You like the hopping? You like the hipping and the hopping put together with the hip hop and the hip hop? Yeah. I said a what a a what a. I love all that. Yeah, but like I'm, I'm at that age now where I just don't understand the new stuff, and it seems like Gunna is a very mumblecore rap, which yeah. I, I do not get. It's because it's literally them kind of mumbling into a mic their lyric. They tough to make out what he is saying. Yes. Yeah, and I've heard younger people say, "Oh, it's more about a vibe than it is about actually having good lyrics or rapping ability." And like, <laughs> yeah, I guess, but it's about a vibe. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, like both of these um, performances, I was like, I was just not feeling like he's, you know, he's wearing sunglasses indoors, like he's Joe Cool. And like he's like both of his performances were very kind of monotone, very low energy. He was barely moving. It, it, it seemed like he didn't even want to be there. It seemed like he was contractually obligated. And like he, it was just like him kind well, of mumbling. I, th- I think he was. I think well, he was. did sign a contract before he was on the show. I don't know yeah. all the ins and outs of the legalities of it, but yeah, I would guess that they had some sort of agreement that he would appear on the show. Yeah, that's true. But he be- he looked like he was just like, yeah, pushing weight, pushing pee. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it just seemed very low. And, and even the last uh, performance, which is only an hour, an, I mean, it's only like a minute and a half, only like 
a minute forty. Very short. Yeah. Super it's, short. It's so disorienting when it's like a song ends that abruptly, and I'm just like, what? what? Oh, oh, okay. That's, that's yeah. What we're doing okay. I mean, unless you're the Ramones, it doesn't make any sense. And <laughs> unless you're the Ramones, yeah. One, two, three, four. <laughs> but oh, I want to listen to some Ramones no, now. Please do; it's great. But yeah, I mean, I, both of these performances I thought were just—they're just not great. Like, even I, I feel like if this is your thing, you can even admit like he, he just kind of his energy is super low, and he's just—he's—he's he's kind of like does. Doesn't, it looks like he doesn't want to be there. He's just very kind of drowsy and sleepily rapping his or mumble rapping his stuff, you know, pushing away, push, like repeating phrases over and over again. And I'm like, this is this is like a lullaby. It's putting me to sleep. I don't I can't mm-hmm. with this. So, yeah, both of these performances, I was like, I got I got nothing for this. Yeah. All right. OK, well, so moving on uh, weekend update uh, or weekend update, if I pronounce that correctly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with uh, Colin Jost and Michael Che. Michael Che. Michael Che. Uh, I did like uh, Joe's opening joke about uh, how the, the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing it sets a terrible precedent for having to defend your wife at award shows. Um, that was funny, and that was a take that literally no one else will have. That, that was a good joke. I will admit that. Yeah. I did like that. But I didn't... I mean, but yeah, but like it's like you, we talked about earlier, like how... He said that joke, and then Che had another Will Smith Chris Rock joke, and yeah. then Che, and then Joe's had another Will Smith Chris Rock joke, and then Che yeah. had another Will Smith. Like we're, this is too much. Too, too, they spent so. they spent way too much time on it. I think it would have been great if it was like if they'd been able to make these jokes the day after, six days later. No, we don't need this many. Right, and then they had one of their desk correspondents on. To talk about the slap again, which we'll yeah, get to. But yeah. I was like, I mean, well, why don't we, let's let's go ahead and tackle it now. I mean, even though it's out of order, yeah. Somebody did literally ask OJ Simpson their opinion about it this week, and <laughs> and our friend Kren Kranz was like, "Whoever thought of doing that should just get a Pulitzer." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember what OJ actually said about it now, but. Just the I fact think, that somebody wanted to get OJ's opinion on it is so insane. It's it's really bonkers when you think about what OJ was back in the '90s and how he's like, kind of just like a, you know, internet, you know, Twitter celebrity now. And it's just like, yeah, wow. It's like, dude, you, uh, w- the world is weird. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, yeah, we had we had Keenan playing OJ Simpson. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that pause. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, what what is there new to say about the slap at this point? What is there new to say about OJ at this point? I just, mm, I could agree yeah. with that. Yeah, like he, he, he said he didn't even get the joke. He didn't understand what G.I. Jane was. Che says, oh, yeah, that was a movie from the 90s. And he's like, oh, I don't remember anything from the 90s. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know. Love will make you do crazy things, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was and, the thing that they said, yes. Yeah. Because he killed someone, you see. He killed two he, people. Well, yeah, that's You know, you're right. I, I stay corrected. He did. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it was, I mean, like, him, them talking to OJ about 
the slap and then them having 10 minutes, not 10 minutes, but like way too it many jokes. Like <laughs> yeah. Probably five, but it felt like 10. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, why are we just have maybe one or two jokes about the slap and move on. Yeah. Like we've, like Gerard said it best at the at the beginning, we're all kind of tired of it. Like yeah, it's yeah. it's it's it, the dead horse has, has been beaten at this point. Yeah, you know. Um, by like, the way, they said a thing towards the end of their jokes, and I don't think I wrote down what the joke was, but they said, I think Chase said Chris Rock has a nonverbal learning disorder. Yeah, I didn't get that. He does he? I didn't even know that. Is that a thing? Is that an actual? I had no idea. So is he all like on the spectrum or something? I, I guess I had no I didn't know about that until Chase said something about that uh, just now. All right, is, I'm I'm gonna Google this real fast see if I can find this, some info. Is this his alopecia? I had no idea. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's bonkers. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than the Oscar talk, they did have some jokes about other things that were cool. Uh, you know, uh, Che had a joke about Putin and then how his uh failure to failure to pull out. Of Ukraine, you know, failure to pull out, giving him the nickname Nick Cannon, because Nick Cannon has many children by many different women, because he likes to keep it in. <laughs> he goes raw. Um, yeah, okay, apparently this is a thing. Uh, he has a uh, NVLD, which is similar to Asperger's syndrome. So... Okay. So... Uh, Somebody tweeted, a great time for Chris Rock to draw attention to his nonverbal learning disorder diagnosis and its impact on his social interactions. Could help a lot of people. Hmm. Okay, yeah, so there there was some stuff about this. Okay. Well, um, maybe that further bolsters your argument about him not knowing because... He, he says, I, he says it, it turned out that I had something that was a lot like Asperger's. Uh, I kind of have a hard time with nonverbal cues with people. I always have. I didn't know I did, but I'm great with words. I can hear, but most communication, they say that 70% of all communication is nonverbal. Hmm. I did not, I was not aware of that. Yeah, no, I had no idea. See, this, this is an aspect that I don't think was getting much press. I'm, I'm looking at a link on Newsweek right now. Oh, um, it's going down the rabbit hole. He says he told the Hollywood Reporter in 2020 that he had difficulties with one-on-one relationships, and I'd always just chalked it up to being famous. Anytime someone would respond to me in a negative way, I'd think, whatever, they're responding to something that has to do with who they think I am. Now I'm realizing it was me. A lot of it was me, Rock said. Wow. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I I haven't heard... I haven't heard much about that at all till you just brought it up. That's the... No, I I had no idea, and I bet a lot of people listening to this didn't uh, know that, about this, but yeah, there, there, there's a story uh, on today from September 2020 about this. See, and I had no idea about this. I had no idea about Jada Pinkett Smith having alopecia. I think at this point, if you're a celebrity, just assume that I don't know what your your current condition is medically. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I just don't keep track of that stuff. Yeah, wear one of those medical bracelets, so everybody in the in the media knows what your yeah, ailments I don't are. Know, but I mean, that's, that's something. So yeah, he says like all, all I could, all I understand are the words. Yeah. And he's Uh, explaining he can take things too literally and has all or nothing thinking. Wow. Hmm. Wow. All right. By the way, all those things are really great for writing jokes. They're just not great for one-on-one relationships. Oh oh boy. Wow. Wow. He's, he's getting, he's hit some truths right there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I did not know that either. The more you know. Yeah. See, that's really interesting. I want to do some more reading and, and research on this. And that explains a lot about how, you know, like rock, like the, the slap thing, when Will Smith gets up and he's like walking towards him, you can tell rock thinks it's going to be a bit. He, he goes like, uh Oh, and he's got a smile on his face and he just stands there. Yeah, of course. Then, no one thinks. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I get him, And then it seems to hit him. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is for real. And then you can see like, you know, rock is serious about it when Smith is yelling and he, and, and he says, get my wife's name out of your mouth. And Rock just goes, I will. I am. Yeah, because, like, no one, ex- no one expects Will Smith to slap you on live television in front of thousands of people. No one thinks that's going to happen. And they then when it happens, it you're like, happen now. <laughs> yeah, they might now. Yeah, now that we live in a, now that we live in a post-slap world. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, like... I, 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 even re- I, I even remember watching it, like, after he got slapped and, you know, Will Smith screamed at him. He was like, like, seriously, dude? It was, it was a G.I. Jane joke. Even Chris Rock yeah. kind of knew, like, the joke was kind of tame. But I don't know. Yeah, and, and, and him just saying, like, it was a G.I. Jane joke, that, that says to me, like, he thought it was just a joke about her shaving her head. And, like, I, right. I think I saw during the arrivals thing, I was like, oh, Jada Smith's bald. I wonder if she did that for a role or something. And I didn't think anything more of it because even though apparently Jada Smith has been public about it this for years, hadn't reached me. So, yeah, if we don't know about it, it hasn't happened. <laughs> exactly. That's 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 the credo here at the SNL Nerds. Yeah, I had literally no idea. So you know what? Are you okay. Do? All right. See so uh, now now we now we've talked about thing. it. Yeah, there's another thing that uh, happened on update that we should talk about. We had uh, Cecily. Popping up as another crazy white woman, uh, Senator yes. Marsha Blackbird, who apparently is a real person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Senator from Tennessee during the, um, the the Jackson confirmation hearings, who asked her to define woman. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's like basically, you know, uh, the the character of uh, Marsha Blackburn saying, oh, yeah, you know, women, they're always cold. They always be shopping, you know, women. Yeah. They, 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 like... they have beehive hair, haircuts in far side cartoons. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the uh, specifics of that. Yeah. Any reference to the far side, I, like, it's, it's one of the best uh, comic strips to come out in, 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 in quite Tip of the hat to Gary Larson. Yes. Uh, but, whew. yeah. Uh, you know, Cicely playing, uh, a crazy lady in politics. It's just one of the show's go-tos at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always Republican ladies, too, which I've noticed. They have so a high a... percentage of crazy ladies. Hmm, you know what? Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, as far as, I mean, I like Cecily, but I thought this was kind of just okay. It, it didn't really elevate or really kind of go anywhere. It's I mean, just, nobody uh... got splashed with wine, so... Yeah. I mean, once you get, once you get into a trough full of wine... That's, I mean, that's the apex. Where do you go from there? It's, it's all. Yeah, it's tough to top that. It's tough yeah. to top that. I mean, this this was fine. It was all right. It seemed like they got a little out of sync at one point. Uh, I don't know. It seemed like there was a little confusion between her and Colin, and I don't know quite what happened there. But yeah, a little bit. But uh, yeah. you know, over. I mean, overall, the uh, weekend update I thought was 
so-so. It wasn't, I mean, the two uh, death segments uh, with OJ and uh, Marsha Blackburn, I think, were so-so. The jokes were so-so. There weren't mm-hmm. too many great jokes that I remember. Uh, actually, no, Joe's had one that I liked where talk about a 500-pound uh, black bear was found at a college, which, mm-hmm. you know, took the spot of more deserving white and Asian bears. I that, was that was great. That was good. <laughs> that was so, great. So, and, like, yeah. Yeah, they had, a good, they had a few good jokes here and there, but overall, that was just like, okay. I mean, any, any time they, they make uh, Joe say something vaguely racist, I am there for it. Uh, yes. Thumbs, <laughs> two thumbs up, way up. Two thumbs up. That is, you know, that is my jam. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it wasn't the greatest update because, you know, mainly because it's just half of it was about the slap. And Yeah, they, they needed to cut out at least like half of those jokes about yeah, the slap because yeah. trim, trim it like a Vajafro. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's just yeah. a good rule for life. Right. And uh, oh, we also got a title card, uh, R.I.P. Taylor Hawkins, the drummer for yes. the, Foo, the Foo Fighters who passed away uh, last weekend, which was a shock to everybody. Yeah, yeah that was that was sad news. Um, yeah. I, uh, I mean, I think I've said on this podcast before, I, was, I still like the Foo Fighters, but for a while in the 90s, I was a huge Foo Fighters fan. I, I really got into their stuff. So to see, uh-huh. to hear about his passing really was like, damn, it was... I really came out of nowhere. That was like a, a no, those you you worked uh, security at many a Foo Fighters concert. I understand. Yes. Oh shit! That's my joke. Look at that. <laughs> you know, you know my set. Thank you, sir. I do. I do. Are you still oh, doing that? Bit? I I'm trying to fade. I'm trying to write new stuff. I'm trying to fade that out. But I appreciate I appreciate fans like yourself, sir, that know my uh my vintage stuff, my old stuff. It's so it's so tough to like know when to retire a bit because it's like. You know, oh, it's still working, but I feel a little like a hack still doing this. And yeah, yeah, I think that might have been it. Where it was like, I always, I always like phase out jokes where I do a show where I know comedians who have seen me do that joke before, mm-hmm. you know, are, are going to be there. So I'm like, all right, if, if he's going to be there, I can't do this joke because yeah. he's seen me do it. I don't want to look like a hack in his eyes. So I got to come up with some new stuff. That's when yeah. I, that's when I start to like phase out stuff. That's a good role for him, I think. Yeah, that's right. If I'm at a show where I know no one I know is going to be there that that see me do my old stuff, I will hack it up to the morning hack light. Hack it up, yeah. There that's you right. go to the morning that's how light. You do it. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that's a good joke, guys. If you don't know what we're talking about, go uh, go uh, look at my old videos on YouTube. There might be a few on there somewhere that were you or or you know go see Darren uh, live <laughs> at a show where there aren't. Many other comics. Oh yeah, <laughs> do that. Not comics that Darren knows. Oh yeah, do that. Don't do the YouTube thing. Go go see me live, please. I I need well, to do see. both. Give do him both. give him the hits and you know go see him live. Yeah, exactly. Hey man, just support Darren in all his endeavors. Support me on my dreams, you bastards. Yeah, at Darren Credible on Twitter and Instagram. We'll Thank give you. you. Look early at Trumbull Comic. T r u m b u l l and the word comic. Yeah. If you didn't get that now, we'll we'll plug it again at the end of the show. Oh, we will. No. Oh. But first, we have a few more sketches to get through. Uh, next, we have Scattering Remains. Uh, this is uh, uh, James Elson Johnson, Heidi, and Kyle as a family. They're gathering on a hillside for uh, the funeral of James's father. And uh, Andrew and Gerard are the funeral home directors who are there. And uh, by the way, Gerard looks like he he went to the makeup people at SNL and he's like, I want to be like seventy five percent Steve Harvey, but not quite go all the way with it. 
you know, because he, he's he's got the hair, he's got the mustache, he's got the fake teeth. Mm. But he's ju- he's just this side of Steve Harvey. That's he right. didn't go the full Harvey. You never go full Harvey. You don't go full Harvey. Um, and uh, when they get to the point where they're going to scatter the remains, they just have a full body and they dump his body over a cliff. Yes. <laughs> and he was supposed to be cremated. Yeah, and of course, and then that's when we kind of get into the sketch where the uh, like the uh, the two morticians are like they're like, oh, he was supposed to be cremated. That wasn't uh, that was not related to us. Right. And um, yeah, then the then the sketch kind of goes off to with the the two morticians kind of being kind of nonplussed about the whole thing and treating it very very mm-hmm. casually that they just threw a, a dead man's body over a cliff. Right, and the family is, of course, horrified. I, I think the highlight for me in this sketch was uh, Gerard just did this shift of. I think at this point, Andrew Dismukes had already like gone over the cliff to like retrieve the body, um, and and Gerard just goes, uh, "So, what do you guys got cooking up this weekend?" <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that was a great line. I love the shift. Made me laugh out loud. That was that was terrific. Um, and we we also had the nice weird touch that he's using an urn as a thermos. <laughs> He's keeping soup in it. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, and then we also have that one thing where Andrew gives uh, the bill to the family, like a waiter at a restaurant. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, so who's got this? Is it the you, little man? Ha <laughs> ha. No. It's... Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 there's a lot I liked about this sketch, but like, I feel like it wasn't, it didn't quite get there. Like it felt like a. It did. It didn't stick the landing. It ended really abruptly. Yeah. Was, they needed. We needed a strong ending for this, and we just didn't have it. There was some great stuff in there, but yeah, yeah, the ending just was like, boom, it's over. Yeah, I feel like we got that strong. Like the funniest thing in the sketch happened in the beginning, where mm-hmm. you know, of course, we, as we all know, tossing a dead body over a cliff is hilarious. Top that. <laughs> Yeah, tough to build off of that. Yeah, yeah. So like the funniest thing happened at the beginning, and everything after that just didn't live up to that one big shocking moment. Like, like you said, like even Gerard's Carmichael's, uh, you know, one-off where when Andrew is going down the cliff to retrieve the body, and they're just waiting for him, he just like says, "Hey, so uh, what do you guys got cooking up this weekend?" Like that's a funny line, but. Mm-hmm. It the rest of the sketch just didn't live up to. I mean, the, the, the ending bit was was Gerard tossing the urn, the the thermos, uh, down to Andrew Dismukes, and, and it's just too weak of an ending, you know. Yeah, that's true. Like if this this sketch needed to be, uh, it needed more. It need to be re need to be like rewritten maybe, or need to be. This it seems like this was like the first draft, and it needed another another quick Honestly, rewrite. it felt like they cut off the last page of the sketch. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Like somehow that didn't get to the cue card department, so Wally didn't put it on the cue cards. So. Right. Exactly. And so it just ended. Yeah, like their dog ate their last page of the sketch. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, I liked it, but I... It could have it could have been more. It, yeah. it, it should have been more. Exactly. But, exactly. I, I am also like uh, Liam Neeson at the end of Schindler's List. Could have done more. Oh Jesus! Wow. <laughs> I got, yeah, I got dark. All right. Well, you know, hey, the, the sketch inspired that in me. I oh, to well. get dark. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So that sketch written by Andrew Dismukes, Jake Nordwind. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I enjoy that Dismukes is getting more of his stuff on. I think he has a unique uh, comedic voice, and I'd like to see more from him in the show. He seems yeah. to be staking out his own territory on the 10 to 1 land, which is fun. Yeah, Jake is, I mean, not Jake. Uh, Andrew is definitely kind of, you know, he's definitely planting his flag in S, in uh, the SNL world right now. He seems to be getting up a good amount. He seems to be getting his material on a good amount. He seems to be sort of becoming the new uh, Kyle Mooney, which yeah. uh, we'll get into in the next sketch. Uh, which, story. you know, hey, we still have the old Kyle Mooney there because, you know, no but, one leaves SNL anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Even when someone's rumored to be leaving, the, the person denies it on Instagram and is like, no, I just said that as a joke at a comedy show and somebody made a story out of it because people. Oh, oh boy. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so like now we go into the sketch uh, story written by Kyle Mooney and Will Steven. And uh, remember when I said earlier that there should have been a sketch that was cut that should have been, you know, the time should have been given for to Angelo. The, yeah. Th- this 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 is that sketch. I I had a feeling you were talking about this one. Mm. Uh, this is it's a group of friends getting together. Uh, Gerard uh, Gerard uh, is telling an anecdote, and Kyle's character is getting really excited about the anecdote about the story for some reason. Right, like basically, it didn't go anywhere. The whole the whole sketch was like someone telling you a long pointless story. Yeah, like so. Basically, Kyle is playing Heidi's cousin from out of town, and like you said, like Gerard comes in, tells this crazy story, and Kyle kind of you know interrupts the story, being like, "Oh man, this is gonna be crazy, right? Oh, the waiter was high off was high off dope, right?" And, and it just, yeah, and he's trying to guess where the story is going, and he's wrong every time, and it, it just it just didn't work for me. I didn't see the point of this. Uh, my yeah. my attention wandered pretty early on on this yeah and like i mean i understand that kyle's thing is that he's awkward he finds the humor in the awkwardness and it's like some people can work with awkward to get some really funny you know funny comedy gold out of it like you know like david does it all the time on kirby enthusiasm but like with this i yeah it it just kind of seemed like where is this going is what is happening here it just I don't know. It, it just was, I was just kind of waiting for something to happen and then nothing real. And then the only thing that did happen was, well, like at the end where Kyle's apologizing for interrupting his story. It's like, yeah, I'm a real jerk. I, I'd like to make it up to you and, and pay for your rent for the entire year. And then he gives him a check for a thousand dollars. And then he said, well, this won't even cover a month's rent. And then Kyle throws himself across the table Smashing all the drink glasses and plates on it. And it looked like something that none of the other cast members saw coming. Because it looked like Heidi even broke for a minute. It was like, what the fuck? What? And then, like, Kyle just kind of ran around the set and then out the door. And I was like, was that planned? What? Is that how we're ending the sketch? Like, what What happened here? What? What is this? Kyle, explain yeah. yourself. What is this? I don't know. It just it just didn't work for me at all. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, between this sketch and uh, the Dan Bulldozer uh, weekend update desk piece, I'm like, I think Kyle's out of ideas, man. I don't like you know. I don't. I hate to say it, but I like Kyle's. Like he does come up with a few good things here and there. But I was like, I don't know. This Kyle is kind of seems like he's running on empty at this point. Yeah, yeah. I I would not be surprised to see uh kyle leave the show at this point and 
it, it feels like he's probably at the end of his natural life as a cast member. Okay. <laughs> Thank God you ended that with cast member. Cause I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> as a cast member, as a cast member, I'm not going to take any bets on how much longer Kyle Mooney is going to live. That doesn't seem like that would end well for me. <laughs> no, he's not long for this earth. Uh, but so, yeah, I don't know. yeah not, not much else to say about this one. Just didn't work. But yeah, the fact that they, this sketch got on and the Angelo sketch got cut, I was like, that that doesn't seem right. Because like the first yeah. time, because people like Angelo, people loved the first time they saw him on um, what was it, the the uh, Rami Malik episode. So like, mm-hmm. his his character hit. So I don't understand why they don't bring him back as a return character. But they're willing to bring back, you know, Chad for the umpteenth time, and they're willing to put this on. Like, well, to be fair, I don't think we've seen Chad for a little while. I think it's mm. probably been since what the Elon Musk episode. If they did yeah. Chad since then, or if I yeah. locked it out. Yeah, no, I think that was. Uh, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have said anything. I, I should. I hope I didn't jinx it. You've jinxed it now. Yeah, we're gonna get Chad next week. Oh. Thanks very much. I I like to apologize to to everyone in uh, SNL world for. Uh, bringing back Chad into the Jake Gyllenhaal episode. I did I, I didn't know my I, my actions. I meant no mouse by my actions. I I, I apologize. Okay, we're going to ask yeah. you to leave the academy yeah. now. Sometimes love makes you do crazy things. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um all right. So, uh moving on, uh we had a pre-tape called Baby Clothes. Baby Clothes with a, just baby onesies where you don't want to assume that your baby's going to be straight. Right, because so basically, it's uh, a number of couples. We have Heidi and Chris. We have Andrew and Chloe. Uh, first time seeing Chloe for the whole night too. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and uh, then we have Bo and. Did you see Melissa at all? I don't think so. I don't. Yeah, I, I can't recall any place I saw Melissa. Cold open, no. Post COVID game show, no. Short ass movies, no. Shock TV, no. The cast is just too big right now. Yeah, I mean, twenty one cast members. That's nuts, man. Yeah, it's a big cast, but it seems like a lot of cast members are getting more reps than others, like uh, like Kyle and Kate and Keenan and Cecily. It seems like yeah, it seems like a lot of those roles. Like, oh no, you could have put Chloe in there. You could have put. Well, Lauren's always going to have his favorites, but yeah, twenty one is that just seems ridiculous. I I realize that Lauren wants to have a deep bench and he wants to let people have the freedom to do other things and yada yada yada. But come on, twenty one, twenty one, like that's like a football team's worth of uh, cast members, if I'm not mistaken. It really is. You could do three comedy shows. (laughs) (laughs) You could absolutely two drink minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, baby clothes. Yeah, so basically it's um, it's a pre-tape and like it, it basically it's a take on how we're used to seeing people dress their baby in shirts that say like, you know, oh, future heartbreaker, future bride right. and groom. Like we want to think of our baby as, as being future, you know, heartbreakers or whatever. And, and we've now realized as a society that that is kind of weird and creepy. Right, exactly. So, like the, the twist in this sketch is that the clothes are, uh, are called, from the Born This Way line, where they have clothes that yeah. say Future Twink and Little Les and Messy DJ and, uh, you know, Rock a Bye Baby. Get it? Like, bye. Um, yeah, or, and they're also reading t shirts that say, like, you know, Alexander Hamilton was a turf. Uh, I love milk, Harvey Milk, RIP. 
And um, that's basically the the gist of it. Like for for like a few yeah. for like a minute, it's just literally them reading slogans off the t-shirt. Yep. And then uh, you know, and then of course them giving testimonials to talk to the camera, like imagining imagine boxing a child into something that doesn't feel right. That's why I wear I put my baby in the messy DJ t-shirt. Or, you know, piercing your baby's ears for baptism is archaic. Our kids will never have to conform to something they don't want. And you get you get I what did, they're I saying. Like, uh, Cecily's little voice over at the end, like, oh, relax. It's not like they can read. Uh, right. I thought that was cute. Right, exactly. I, I got the point of this early on. and Yeah, get it? Because, like, they're rebelling against the archaic ways of putting your child in a box, but they're doing it by putting their child in a box. Get it? Do you get it? Yeah. You got it. Did you? I, you no, I got it. Because I got it. did you get it? And we're home for another two minutes, though. So. All right. So it, the sketch starts off. No, I'm not gonna do it. But yeah, it's um, it's an interesting premise for a sketch. But yeah, like it, it kind of, kind of like doesn't escalate or really go anywhere. And like the fact that them that they're literally just reading. The slogans off the T-shirts for what seems like a minute. I was like, "All right, I I get." Yeah, they're kind of beating the dead horse, and they're kind of, you know, it's, yeah, no, it, it 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 didn't it didn't live up to its potential. I thought. Yeah, uh, agreed, agreed. So, kind of a weak show overall, or or mediocre at best. I thought there was there was some good stuff in there. Love the monologue. I like the the post COVID game show. I thought the slap uh, seed filler sketch was pretty good. Um, the rest had problems. Yeah, that's I'll I'll uh, I'll agree with you there. Uh, right, I think co-signing on that. Uh, sorry, you're co-signing on that. Oh yeah, yeah. Like um, I thought the monologue was strong. Uh, I still like the shop TV, um, you know, uh, rainbow doll thing. I, yeah. You know, it wasn't perfect, but like I, it had glimpses of stuff that I liked I in mean, it. I mean, I'm mixed at best on that, just because I thought it took way too long to, to get to the point. You know, no, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, the uh, scattering ashes, I felt like could have really been something. Um, mm-hmm. Everything else, I was like pretty lukewarm on. And, and I'm sorry, the fact that they just packed in weekend update with all those Chris Rock slap. Will Smith jokes when we already established that we we're kind of didn't want to hear all that or we we're kind of mm-hmm. you know burnt out on him it was just like I mean uh, I, I really liked Joe's joke at the beginning where he's like this this creates a dangerous present of having to defend your wife at award shows you know that was great because that was a unique joke to Colin Jost who yeah. married to Scarlett Johansson that's right um, that's right you guys and he and I, I love that that's where his mind went. That's um, right. Just nobody if, else could have come up with that joke. That, that's, that's true. I, I'll give you that. Not Joe's, you got to step up. Somebody disrespects your woman at a award show. You got to slap a motherfucker. So <laughs> that's man, right. That's right. It's, that's on you, son. <laughs> that's on you. That's on you. But yeah, uh, like um, everything. I thought, I thought uh, Gerard uh, Carmichael was a pretty good host. I thought he did well with the stuff they gave him to do. Um, Agreed. Yeah. But, uh, but, but not the strongest show overall. Yeah, overall pretty mid. Uh, it's I don't know. I mean, I know like their first show back from a break. It's always kind of kind of a weaker was kind of always kind of weak. 
So hopefully uh, the next week's episodes is stronger and the week after that is strong. But yeah, this one, I was like, uh, this this needed a lot more. This needed so much yeah. more. Yeah. Um, we also had a, a cut for time sketch from the Please Don't Destroy guys. Um, this was called Three Normal Goths, where it's just the three of them dressed up in gothic clothing, but they're acting totally normal and average. Yeah, it's like that, like you know, three goth guys. They kind of put it in the format of like a, the opening of a sitcom, where yeah. it's like you know them them dressed up in ghoulish black uh, costumes and slick back hair, but them liking things like you know Family Guy and Marvel movies, like just mm-hmm. kind of you know basic basic shit. <laughs> They're basic bitches. Yeah, I your words not mine, but I agree. <laughs> But uh, well, yeah, I, 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 I was like, okay, this is all right, but yeah, I kind of see why it was cut. Yeah, yeah, I see why it was cut, but I, I mean, I liked it over a lot of other things. I liked it. I, I kind of wish they put this in instead of the uh, sh- Pete Davidson short movie uh, rap. It's, at least it's a little bit more creative than uh, what Pete does. Yeah, uh, I guess. I mean, I, I know, and the Please Don't Destroy guys. They also helped out writing the seat filler sketch with. Uh, Mike D. Sassenzo uh, and Jake Nordwin. So they were still represented on the show. They I, they just weren't uh, performing in their own sketch. Uh, mm. But yeah, I, I watched this and I was like, yeah, I, I don't I don't really miss that. Yeah, I thought it was all right, but it's. Uh... I, I like what the Please Don't Destroy guys do on the show, and I enjoy seeing them their voices represented on the show. I just didn't think this was quite up to their usual standard. Right. But I will admit, this is a different format than what they usually do, where it's like the three of them in their writer's room, and then just kind of crazy, manic chaos happens around them, and just like a bunch it of nonsense. It manic. They were still in their writer's room. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. It was still in the writer's room, but they were dressed differently. So totally different. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but yeah, this, uh, you know, this overall, this episode was a bit of a letdown. But, uh, you know, we'll hopefully tomorrow we'll, or next week will be another day, another show. Yeah, and uh, we're going to have another show with uh, host Jake Gyllenhaal and returning musical guest Camilla Cabello. Hey, uh, looking forward to this one. Um, I think that'll be a good show. I, I like Jake Gyllenhaal. He's got a good sense of humor about himself, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, he did pretty. He, he does, like you said. Um, he this will be his second time hosting. Uh, mm-hmm. He hosted back in two thousand seven with musical guest The Shins. So um, he kind of knows how the you know sausage is made here at a uh, you know here at SNL. So we're mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings and um, what sketches they put him. In. I, I think this is going to be a good one. Uh, you know. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, interested in seeing if he is going to return Taylor Scarf. Mm. I hope they lean into that. Like, I think a lot of people are wondering. That would be fun. I, I feel like we have to get some kind of reference to it. We need closure. We need closure, Jake. Yes. We, we as a nation need closure. We need to heal. We as a nation need to heal. We need to heal. Heal this broken nation, yes. Jake. Take you these, alone have the power to do it. Yes, take these broken wings and learn to fly again. Learn to live mm-hmm. so free. Yes. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, so let's, um, so that's our feelings on the episodes, guys. Uh, thanks again yep. for listening as always. And, uh, oh, you know what? Let's talk, let's, let's hit up our Twitter and, uh, see what they say. Are the good Twitter people. Okay. Uh, 
So let's see. We got a few comments. Uh, let's see. Our friend. Uh, uh -huh. Okay, I want to make make sure I'm getting I'm getting the last name pronunciation correct. Ananias. Ooh. John Ananias. Ananias. Uh, yeah, he he wrote us and and told us how to pronounce his name so that we get it right, right in the future. He says, oh. uh, "Do you think the Oscars sketch should have been the cold open instead?" I didn't enjoy it that much, but I appreciate that they didn't just recreate, but found an angle with Will trying to veer away from his outburst and be the classic charming Will Smith. Update wore me out, though. Uh, yeah, I do pretty much agree with that. I, th I think it would have probably been a stronger cold open than the Fox and Friends thing. Yeah, I think it would have been good to have... I, yeah, I agree with you. Like, have that in the cold open, have... Um, have Gerard talk about how he's sick of talking about the slap, have maybe one or two jokes in Weekend Update, and then that's it. Then we never talk about the slap again. Like, that's, I feel mm -hmm. like that's how it should have been. And plus, with the Oscars opening, it would have been different than its, its normal, like, you know, MSNBC, Fox 5, News yeah. cold open. It would have been something different. It would have been something like, oh, okay. I'm, I, I'm just, yeah. I'm sick of them being, going political every single week. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, and, and they had a prime opportunity to not go political this week. Um, you know, cause, cause the biggest story of the week, oddly enough and sadly enough was the slap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even, even though Supreme Court's justice seems complicit in a coup, that seems like that should be a big story. Yeah. Uh, there's but, still, isn't there still like a war going on too? Still a war going on, uh, seven and a half hours of missing phone records on January 6th. That seems like that should be a big story, but who knows? I don't know how this stuff works. It's all... It's, but Will Smith slapped a guy. So. Yeah. Uh, forget it, John. It's Chinatown. <laughs> We're doomed. We are doomed. We are. <laughs> we are. It's all... Yikes. <laughs> Just... Uh, let's see what other people had to say. Uh, our friend Mikey with two E's uh, said, pretty forgettable material, which is a shame because uh, Gerard was great, but underused. Seems to be a common theme with the hosts recently. Uh, the sketches don't seem to be written to the host's strengths. I think literally any other celebrity could have been slotted into Jared's roles. Uh, anyway, Cold Open was okay and Monologue was decent. Enjoyed the doll sketch and the pre-tape from Pete Davidson. I think that's his name. Wink. Uh, Weekend update was good, but could have used a few less slap jokes. Agreed. Mm -hmm. the, the rest, unfortunately, was pretty weak due to the no escalation issues again. Yep. Agreed. 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 I agree with uh, all of these yeah, things. Yeah, it's a pretty good assessment. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, they could have written to his house uh, the, the uh, Gerard's strengths a little more, but you know maybe it's a little tougher to slot the stand-ups into the sketches. I guess so. It's just that, like with the cold open, with the monologue rather, he really like established his voice and who he was. So I was kind of yeah. hoping to see sketches kind of reflect that, or at the very least, like uh, Mikey said, just sort of go with his strengths. Like to see, I want to see basically his personality and maybe his viewpoint on the world in the sketches and they didn't really they, they didn't do that at all like literally everything that he was in could have been done by any other guest host it was like oh yeah that's a bummer yeah indeed 
Uh, let's see. Our friend Manette Moratti says uh, Nassim did a better version of the Kyle sketch, and she presented a uh, a link to uh, Nassim Pedrad's sketch called Tippy with uh, looks like Christoph Waltz in there with her. I haven't watched this sketch yet. Uh, I have not either, but yeah, I remember the Christoph Waltz episode because that's I, when they had Alabama Shakes as a musical guest, and I really like Alabama Shakes. Uh, I remember them doing the uh, the Quentin Tarantino version of Passion of the Christ. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, that was um, yikes! That was bananas. But yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that Tippy sketch. So thank you for sharing that, uh, Manette. We'll we'll check that out. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, I, uh, and also, I mean, uh, I also noticed that uh, in Nassim Pedrad news, uh, uh, Nassim's show Chad is actually on HBO Max, which I'll and I, I should give a look. I've heard good things about it, but I haven't. I've only seen the odd episode of that. I thought it was it was okay, but it, it didn't really send me. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'll I'll give Nassim props for doing something so different as to you know playing a fourteen year old boy, and yeah, it's like it's a little odd, but like I'll you know I'll go with it. But yeah, it it it, it, it was always a show like I it looked interesting. The premise seems interesting. The character she's playing seems like interesting. That's one. I just never got around to checking it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, sh I should give it another uh, shot. I, I should watch a little more of that. Um, Absolutely. Our friend uh, Boardman gets play uh, paid. Said I, I nearly said played. <laughs> uh, he says uh, even without seeing this episode, uh, Boardman always seems to be like a week behind on this. I, I think he's watching the show in a time warp. <laughs> he says daylight savings time has not hit him yet. <laughs> Wasn't that like a month ago? <laughs> I yeah, I think he's I think he's a time traveler. Is that what's going on? Are you okay, Boardman? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, he because he he talks about the Zoe Kravitz episode, and it's just like I don't remember the Zoe Kravitz episode anymore. I'm sorry. That's right. Uh, but he says even without seeing this episode, I know this week would have been Jay Farrow's time to shine. And yeah, it, it's it's a shame that Jay Farrow wasn't around for for this story. Mm. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Because. Yeah, it would have been great. And uh, lastly, my friend Tom Glasscock just says, farm, bicycle. Wise words. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Wow. Controversial take. Yep. Yep. Farm, bicycle. Mm, wow. Whoa. So brave. So brave. Mm -hmm. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, yeah, that's our episode, guys. Thanks again for listening as always. Uh, and as always, if you want to follow... Follow the show on Twitter. We're at SNL Nerds Show. We just broke for 100 followers, guys. Hey, oh, we're doing it. Yay. Yeah, slowly Yay. building that back up. Slowly, right. slowly, slowly. We're, we're, yeah, we're if, you know, please give us a follow. Even if you think you all oh, like, oh, I followed those guys a couple of years ago, double check. Uh, yeah. At SNL Nerds Show uh, because we lost all our followers in a, in a mishap uh, a few months back. And, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to say whose fault it was. It doesn't really matter whose fault it was. Let's, um, let's not go there. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. But yeah, uh, give us a follow. Just double check. Even if you think you're following us, uh, double check to make sure that you are. Because, you know, every little bit helps. And also, uh, please rate, review, and subscribe on the uh, podcast app of your choice. We always love getting the uh, the reviews. And if you give us a nice school review, we'll, we'll read it on the air. Yeah. And as always, you can, you can uh, donate some money to our Patreon. 
at non-productive.com slash SNL nerds. Give us some money. Put some uh, yep. dollars in our pockets. Uh, yeah, just yeah. for the price of a cup of coffee, you too can help support two podcasters in these uh, troubling days and times. Dollar, and, dollar, dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Yeah, wow. That was, oh, that was awkward. Uh, yeah. well, and as, <laughs> as soon as you said it, you're like, yikes. And as always, that's not my brand. <laughs> that's not my brand, baby. <laughs> uh, but you can follow our individual Twitter accounts as well. I'm at Trumbull Comic. That's T R U M B U L L and the word comic. I'm at Darren Credible. That's D A R I Incredible. Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the how ticket. We do it. Um, this is how we do yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's the episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Next week, Jake Gyllenhaal, Camilla Cabello, if I'm mm-hmm. butchering that correctly. Uh, and I'm uh, probably butchering both names. I don't even know anymore. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. Camilla Cabello Law. Yes. Yay. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the episode, guys. Thanks again for listening. And uh, But until then... Nerds out! Wow, that was frightening. Yeah. Did you did you like step on something while you said no, it? No, I just I just uh, I, I had to you know I had to bring it. I had to bring a little energy to it. You brought all of it. That was like a Fred Flintstone screaming out Wilma. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. 